What's going on? August 14th, episode 16 of The Wrestling Room with Coach Goodale and myself. We got a great guest coming on to join us in a little bit, but a lot of action in this last two weeks. We had a tough week last week. You know, I tried to run it without Coach Goodale. He had a he had his uh his little golfing tournament, you know, he can't resist. So he had a he had a gear up for a big game and I, I was fine. I was fine with that, but I was gonna bring Scott on. We were gonna go uh co-host co-host run the whole show but just bad connection bad uh i had a bad computer not the not the regular routine i got a different setup here we uh we lost power out in spring lake for a little bit i don't know how you guys were in tom's river from that that big storm but we had we had no power out here for a couple days and it threw me off a little bit but recovered we're back we're live and i'm excited to talk to you a little bit and get to talk to scott a little here in a little bit as well yeah, it's uh, that was a crazy storm that ripped through here. We lost power for like 10 hours, uh, so I kind of got nervous. I thought that because around here, man, that thing can go like it was weird. We if the wind blows hard, we we can lose power. But then during Sandy, we didn't lose any power. Right. But the other day we lost it for about 10 hours. Uh, Tom's ever got hit pretty good. But yeah, it was just a member guest that I've been involved in for the last couple of years. Every time in August, couldn't turn my boy down down in Galloway. So that's the reason for you guys going on. I wish it worked out because Scott would have been great as a co-host. Um, but no, we got a, there's so much, th- there's so much to talk about uh, today with everything going on. Big 10 football, Pac-12 football, how it relates to wrestling. I'm sure obviously our viewers want to know what's going on with our guys, with our team. What does that look like? Our schedule now is going to take a, a, meaning the Big 10 will start focusing on winter sports, basketball, schedules coming out wrestling schedules coming out the plan is for january 1st across the board i don't think you'll see any activities any any sports until january 1 uh so what does that look like for us that's all stuff we can get into and then with del vecchio being a division three coach at stevens what does that look like for him you know where's he at i i know you've probably talked to him quite a bit but uh so we'll get into that a little bit and how he's dealing with his guys and recruits and uh, how he's training or if his guys are training at all, you know? Yeah. It's interesting. I had a, like a question for you on kind of that topic. You know, you're, you got all these kind of dis- like not distractions, but kind of distractions to your real job, which is being a wrestling coach a little bit mm-hmm. And during, during this time, July, August months, man, usually you're instilling basics into guys coming in freshmen, freshmen becoming sophomores, uh, making sure their programs and lifting uh, the weight room or diets are on point. So, they could make that next big jump for themselves. Has that, has this whole process taken away from being able to focus on maybe some of those individuals that need it the most? Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously this is a bump in the road, right? We've never been faced with this. So that's been hard. This is a huge developmental time for us. We use the summer to transition. These guys who are going to be freshmen to show them the basics, kind of our language, what we talk about. So for example, when they get in there in September, October, right, we're not, constantly going over uh, a Turk, you know, or your, your position on a Turk, your position on a single leg. We've been over that all summer and we haven't really been able to do that uh, this summer. So that's been hard. I think we've ramped it up the last month where we've made sure guys are lifting and been able to get with DeMarco at his gym. Uh, we've been around the state in some of these clubs that are opened up and that's helped a little, but you can't get all your guys there. It's not the same as if you were in your own facility. We have a lot of guys living on campus right now, and uh, they got to travel to come to us. So there's days maybe they don't want to travel, they don't want to drive, and some of them are working, some are not. So that stuff's been delayed. It's been a 
but I'm sure it's like that across the board. And the last couple of weeks have been really, really good. And guys decide they want to get in and train, they make it work and they make it happen. So uh, our turnouts have been good. We can't force them to be there, but it's definitely taken away from the development of a lot of our guys for sure. Yeah, you see it. Uh, I see it. I see it a lot because I follow a lot of different guys on different programs and um, on social media, whatever it may be. And just seeing how like they're training and how they're living and seeing our guys, you know, just following Sebastian Rivera, you could see he's he's reaching out to these guys. He's working out. I mean, he put up a picture yesterday. He's working out with Roman Bravo, uh, Jack Mueller and Shane Van Ness. Uh, all in one workout. And I think Humphrey wasn't in that picture, but I think he's there too. You know, that's really high level guys during this time. You know, they're all, they're getting together. They're making sure they put the work in and it's exciting to see. I love it. And you know, the other Rutgers guys, not just Sebastian, who's kind of the new guy, you know, all our guys are putting in that work and making making sure they dot their I's, cross their T's, you know, they're hungry. They want, they want this season. They don't want a free break to have a year to get better. They want this season. So Yep. For for a fan now at this point and a supporter of the program, I love seeing that and seeing the hunger in the guys. I was just kind of – I was thinking about it last night. Uh, just, you know, for every Scotty Winston and Ashnault that commits to Rutgers, you know, we lose like 20 guys, 25 yep. guys. And, like, you know, over the years, you, you're, we're closing that gap, but it's good to go in that room now and see all the hammers. And, you know, it, it's definitely – we've definitely gotten a lot more um, individuals – of that caliber of, of that rare individual talent. Uh, yeah. If you follow. Well, I think it's a, it's certainly a great place to train. I think our guys see how, you know, across the country with, you know, obviously Sebastian now gives us a whole different demographic with his, with his Instagram and his followers and people see what we're doing and what he's doing. And I just think about his ego, right? How about just chucking his ego to the side? He's got Jack Mueller in there. The guy wrote him for six straight minutes. And he's like, listen, I got to get better. Come in here and train. And that's, that's what this sport should be all about. And then, you know, our guys are following. It's good to see even our young guys, you know, Johnny Paz driving an hour, Connor O'Neill driving an hour because they have to get better. The best guys in the country understand they can't use this time. They know they're not with their teams and they got to find a way to continue to get better and stick to their routine that you and I talk about all the time. And summer wrestling is a huge part of a, of a routine of some of the best guys in the country. And until you figure that out, you never make those jumps. So, being around our guys, being around our staff as much as possible certainly helps these guys. And yeah, the room, the room has been packed. The room's been great. And you could see guys getting better. And then there's some guys that just don't make it, you know, that just don't get down there and you can't blame them. You know, you don't you want to blame them, but you can't, right. It's, it's where they live and it's far, but yeah, guys are making jumps and all that talent in one room. You have to get better. Uh, so it's, I just, I just, I love it, man. I love going in there and just watching. I love going there and training. And we've had, like I said, we've had some really, really good turnouts. So uh, if it's important to you, you make those things. And the good thing is we're up north a couple days a week. We're down south a couple days a week. And, you know, it's uh, you got to make it a priority. Since you can't really be directing those practices or really even have your hands on guys, do you you make it a point to maybe reach out to, like, say, say we were in the room every day right now and it – freshmen are moving into summer bridge like you're getting to wrestle with them teaching them the basics maybe or just some of the drills are you uh, communicating with some of these younger guys like pause and o'neill like hey like work make sure you guys work on this today because it's only you're going to be on your own but make sure you touch these areas yeah for the most part though we uh i don't want to say it's kind of just an open free-for-all because we'll talk about some positionings quite a bit if we're in there so 
you know, we, we, it's it's not a structured practice at all. It's kind of a, you know, we allow these guys to to train at their pace and learn. But you got to, if there's mistakes being made, you talk to them. But, yeah, we talk. There's a lot of dialogue. Again, it's the guys who want to be good, right? They'll reach out. What do you think I need to do today? And, and you know, I know, like you could tell when Johnny Paz is working out with Ethan Ramos, there's a freestyle element to it, right? It's because he's preparing for junior trials that are hopefully coming up in late October for a lot of these guys like Dylan Shaver and Connor O'Neill that have a freestyle background. Uh, our U23 guys, you know, we could send them to Ohio late October to prepare for a, a, you know, a trial type situation where they're trying to make a world team. So all that stuff is still in play. So you could see the guys who are like training for a, a purpose, right? right? The freestyle for that tournament specifically. So there's a lot more, uh, edge of the mat scores, you know, fighting gut wrenches, fighting locks, things like that. There's some stuff going on there that we'll have dialogue on the telephone about and, and they'll go in the next day and work on it. So, and I think our coaches, there's a lot of dialogue with, with all of our coaches that are talking about that type of stuff. So, and then for some, it's just like, listen, you gotta be training. If you're not going to make wrestling, you got to go for a run. You got to get a lift in. You got to be ready to go. There's no excuse for showing up and, and, and 10 minutes in still, being exhausted and sick that's shame on you if that's the way you're feeling so that's that's kind of part of the process too yeah and sometimes those guys that are like telling you i'm gonna get in shape i'm, I'm gonna get better like be more consistent are the guys that show up three days that week and then the next week they're gone again and then two weeks later they're back for three days in that week yeah. and they're like ah, i'm back committed I'm, I'm on my diet it's like nah, it's a 24 7 deal like you're either in or you're out and it's not gonna yeah. work if you're not in if you want to be really good if yeah. you want to be really good yeah. Uh, so. Just a re- reminder before we have Scott come on here, uh, you could come on face to face with Coach Goodell and myself watching on air on the free fan cutter app by pressing the green fan line, but- line button. You could also ask questions while Scott's on air on that app or on the YouTube live um, link. We have a question right now from Jackson. We all know there's no competition until January at the earliest. What does the fall look like? And there is, is, is there a point? at which the spring season drops dead if things aren't better by November slash December, et cetera. And I think, yeah, like right now there's uh, announced senior trials, October, junior trials, October, you know, all those tournaments are announced. So that's the plan I'd say moving forward right now. And it's, yeah, of course it's day by day. If things drop dead, we can't really do anything about it besides just get better day by day here. I think the biggest question to this and to answer this question because it's a great question and I'm sure people want to know from a Rutgers wrestling standpoint, we're going to test the 19th of August. We're going to test the 24th and then we're going to move our guys in the 31st. So from that point on, there'll be, we'll start our training like our preseason eight hour cycle. Once classes start, um, we don't have to really rush the pace now because we're not open in November 1st, obviously. So we can take some time, uh, the biggest thing for me the first couple of weeks is keeping these guys in this bubble, which is going to be a hard thing to do, right? There's going to be a ton of discipline that needs to be needs to be happening and, yeah. and just keeping within this bubble so we can continue to train. What's that? Some of the headlines in the bubble and the hotels for football, like it's like, yeah, like it's going to be tough to keep these kids disciplined. Yeah. So when we get to November, we'll obviously ramp it up in December. We'll start our, our 20-hour weeks and get ready for January one. Um, is there a drop dead date? Well, I think it all depends on what the country's doing, right? What's going on across the country. I think come October, you'll see an all Big Ten wrestling schedule. Just like you've read headlines, there's going to be an all EIWA wrestling schedule. I believe everybody's going to that. Um, 
uh, their conference only, which for us isn't great, right? Because that forces us to get on some planes and and more so. I mean, it, we have seven teams within an hour we can wrestle, but the Big Ten doesn't feel the the testing system is as intense or extensive as it is in the Big Ten, so they want to keep us in conference. So for us, probably no Princeton, Ryder, uh, Lehigh, Hofstra, Columbia. They'll be doing. We'll be doing none of that. It'll be. It'll be Big Ten and Big Ten only. Maybe not just dual meets. Maybe showing up in, you know, teams of five, putting together like little uh, try quads or what do you, you know, those little round robin things that like Journeyman does, things like that. And then of course there'll be dual meets. But when yeah, it's going to be interesting for sure. And I wonder if maybe if say you want to bring Princeton in, if Rutgers wants to give them test, is it allowed then or what the process may be? Maybe like a football team pays a lower lower double-A team to come play them for the first game of the season kind of thing. Yeah, I'm wondering if they put a, a rule in where you just cannot. This, for this year, you just can't You just can't do it. You know, Make you just can't. And simple. Yeah. This, the, otherwise, other, everybody will be, you know, everybody will be bringing someone in and paying someone to do this and to do that, and then it's all across the country. So, you know, I can tell you this, Ant, the national tournament will not move this year. It just won't move. It's, it's going to be March 20th if there is one, of course. Um, the biggest question for all the coaches, is there a waiver, right? If, if the Big Ten gets canceled, the Big Ten tournament, the national tournament again, does everybody get a year back? I think they're going in that direction. How are scholarships handled? That hasn't been determined. Is it up to the institution? Uh, it, you have to stick with your 9-9. Those questions haven't been answered yet. So uh, there's a lot of planning that's going on right now with college coaches, and I don't know if Scotty gets caught up in that. You know, I don't know if that – happens at his level, but, you know, I know from a D1 standpoint, if they're going to allow us to go over 9-9, is that fair? Do they keep it at 9-9? And as a coach, you need to figure it out. Are there more gap years because you don't want to start this scholarship cycle too quick so you have your money on the back end because you don't want to hurt a kid? I promised you half. I promised you 50%, but now I can't give it to you. You don't ever really want to go down that road. So there's a lot. There's a lot. But like I said, I, I've always said it on the show. It's putting puzzles pieces to the puzzle together and it really never stops. Yeah. And it's not going to stop with something like this. Cause I mean, I was supposed to be in Carolina for a camp this right now for a, like a charity, a 24 hour lock in charity event that I've been talking about. And it got canceled last second because of the situation or postponed for now. And it's, it's just, that's the situation we're in. We're going to set these dates. We're going to make these exceptions and we're going to figure it out. But then it's still day by day. We still don't know when March, whatever comes, if, if Sammy Alvarez tests positive for COVID on March 15th, he probably can't wrestle in the national tournament. Like it, it, that just is what it is. And it's going to be the world we're in. And hopefully that we could get past this as a, as a whole and just kind of move forward. But uh, you know, it's day by day and staying positive with that kind of stuff and hoping it does work out. It's funny. Half the country I hear it's, it'll all be over November 6th, right? Trying to tie the political, spot to it. Well, what does that mean? I mean, people are clearly getting sick, right? What was your, what was your feeling when they shut down football? Were you like, damn, that's crazy when they shut down big Ten football? Yeah. It's still just, everything's still just so crazy. Like if they just let it, if they let everything go, I, I mean like me individually, like I don't really know what the heck's going on. Cause like, if they just ran it, I would be like, Oh, I guess we're safe enough and we could go play. And if they didn't, I would be like, I guess it's pretty serious and crazy. And it's like, it's the first time as an adult in my life that I'm like questioning the way the world is. It's like, dang, dang, like I got to look into this. You got to like do my own 
research on this and that. And it, it definitely opens your eyes up to like what you're hearing through the news or whatever outlets you're looking at. It's like, what's real, what's not. And um, I don't know, you just start getting a little nervous for your current situation. So you want to figure everything out and all, you want all the details. And if they're right, if they're wrong, you just want everything and you want to consume that information. So just trying my best to consume everything, but it's still really hard to navigate through this process. So I was following like um, Nick Saban, uh, LSU's program, right? And Dabo Sweeney and all those coaches. And and uh, they're good to listen to, right? Because they obviously they want to play. Down south, football is just a way of life, right? They, and I, I think they're going to play. I, I think the SEC and the ACC, they're going to play because it's such part of their culture. And, and I, I, for whatever reason, I just think they're going to play. But they made the statement that, their kids are safer in a bubble, like they're safer when they're with them. And for me, I absolutely agree with them. I mean, that might sound crazy, but when your guys are getting tested twice a week and where they're contained to their dorm, whatever that dorm is, uh, and then they're going to practice, then they're going to lifts and they're eating together and it's them together. I could see how they feel that way, man. I could see how they feel that way. And, uh, you know, I don't want to get into what happened at Rutgers, right. With their football program. Cause that's not my business. And, you know, that's not for me to talk about, but clearly it's just one or two guys getting away and you get out with the wrong crowd. You're not in that bubble anymore. And then boom, all hell breaks loose. So if it could spread that quickly, I could see one side of it saying, yeah, how can you play? But if you can contain your guys and you've done such a good job of containing them for two months and there's no positives, I'm sure that's why I could see why those coaches are like, we could play football, but there's so much more that goes into it. It's crazy. The officials, the, you know, the people holding the chains, the like, it's crazy. Just all the little things you got to think of when I, running a football game. I think about that, that the same way, you know, college age kid, 18 to 22, 23, 17, maybe, you know, if they're not on that team with a purpose where their whole life, they've been an athlete and they've had goals and directions. And some of them been spoon fed in that direction. It's like, you're going to just let these kids go wild. Like they're going to go, expose themselves to a lot more um, and a lot more people than if they were on that team in that, in that circle, developing their skills as a, as a person, not just the athlete within that circle. Cause that's how us athletes do. We, that's how we develop. We develop through our sports as humans, um, just as a man for me, like through the sport of wrestling, definitely. And uh, I think we're taking away that from these kids, you know, let them go be a part of this team. And if, it's only the big 10 season. It's only the big 10 season. It's the experience of being part of a team. And I, I got, I was fortunate. I got six years. So my last two, especially, I, I got to realize that I was like, I got to take in more of these team moments, having, having this camaraderie, having the brothers, having a brotherhood, just, um, you know, it, it's not like that when you're done with college or sometimes it's not like that when you're done with high school, it's, that's all you got. So uh, we're taking away from that. They're taking away from the kids a little bit with that stuff, but, uh, I was also thinking on top of all that, if we do get these events off, you know, you, there's going to be no fans and, and that takes away from it as well. You know, like I was listening to some of the UFC fighters talk about it. Cause I love following combat sports. You know, I don't, I don't really ever want to do it, but I love following it. And I, I'm a huge fan of, of these fights coming up this weekend, Steve favors DC. He's a big wrestler DC and it's his retirement fight. Last fight, hopefully he wins ends up on top as the heavyweight champ, but uh, one of the guys talking about like it was it's still just the you lead up is the same because you're pretty much in quarantine when you're preparing it's all the same but then you win and you have that big moment and you want to celebrate and it's like nothing and it's just emptiness so it's like what are we doing this for and uh you know that's the tough part 
if uh, it depends what your motivation is in, in sports, but that's going to be the tough part for everyone. And I see baseball is really struggling with that right now and other sports are struggling. UFC seems to be doing fine with it, but that is tough to not have fans to, to have that momentum, yeah. have that energy. Yeah. That, and obviously, you know this, but that's a big deal for a lot of our guys. So uh, we want you to send in some of your questions, but I'm sure we'll get, you know, what are you going to do with, with Suriana, what are you going to do with red shirts? What are you going to do with Rivera? And I was quoted the other day in the paper, uh, and I talked to Sebastian about this a lot, right? He wants he wants fans. He wants to wrestle in front of fans. So he has an option to take an Olympic red shirt. Is he going to take that Olympic red shirt? We don't know that yet. So I don't have the answer to it, but that's certainly on the table. Uh, another Olympic red shirt for Nick is certainly on the table. A regular red shirt for Nick is certainly on the table. We don't know what Nick's going to do. Uh, so there's so many there's so many questions with that, but just to go back to your point, and it's a good point. Like these guys want fans, right? That's kind of why you do it. I mean, it's 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 MMA, it's wrestling, it's it's entertainment, though. It's entertainment, and uh, a lot of our guys come to the Rutgers because they want to wrestle in front of those fans, you know, and that's important to them. So um, the guy we have backstage right now lived and fed off a crowd. You know, can you imagine him wrestling without a crowd? Probably yeah. wouldn't want to do it. Yeah, no, nah, it's tough. Yeah, definitely. This is a perfect person to have on with this conversation. You know, let's bring, let's pitch Scott through here. Um, But yeah, Scott has plenty of celebrations all the way back to the high school days. You know, we wrestled together at South Plainfield and uh, yeah, what's going on? We made it. Yeah. Overcoming some (laughs) adversity, a little embarrassment on my end, but it's all good. You know, we're here. (laughs) We survived another week of uh, quarantine and we're living, man. How you doing over there? I'm doing pretty good, man. How you guys doing? Some good conversation going on. Thanks, bro. Pretty deep, right, Scotty, dude? <laughs> Can you hear me? Say it again. I said it's pretty yeah, deep. We're getting deep on this stuff. Yeah, getting deep. It's a crazy world we live in right now, huh? Crazy times. Yeah. How man. are you handling it all with your team? What are you guys doing? So right now, it's pretty much, I think we're all in the same boat, right? We're just taking it day by day, trying to get this information, whatever's going on kind of thing. Did the same thing. It's going to be a January move. They said we could start on, you know, a regular date, but obviously there's a lot of hoops to jump through with that going on. So right now, it's kind of like the same thing. You know, you got to rely on these kids to to put in some work on their own and kind of push themselves through it. Yeah, man. Uh, Go ahead, we, were talk- we were talking before, right before you got on, just about – even if we do get going again in January, how there might not be any fans and um, no crowd to li- kind of live off of. And, you know, being around you, your pretty much whole athletic uh, competitive career, you know, you, you lived for the moment to celebrate with the fans and li- like just have that moment where you were celebrating a little bit at the end of the match. Um, what do you think about just not having fans in general? And you think that's going to affect some athletes? Like if, if you were to picture yourself going back and putting yourself at Rutgers and going through this time, would you be like, damn, my- damn, my senior year, I don't have fans. Like, what is this even worth it? Like, would you be questioning it a little bit? Honestly, uh, I'd probably act a fool in an empty room. <laughs> no, I've, um, I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. Don't get me wrong. You know, I love the crowd. It's a big crowd and everything. But um, it was more so uh, – just me kind of thing, right? You build it up in your head a little bit, and it's like, you know, screw this guy kind of thing. You know, that's how you feel as a competitor. So, like I said, if it was an empty room, I would probably still run around looking like a crazy person. 
regardless. But I, I understand where it comes from. You know, you know, you don't want to do that, right? You don't want to be in an empty room. You, you, know, you want those fans, and obviously it helps in those type, uh, tight situations. But overall, it's, it's, it's competing, right? And it, it wasn't so much, you know, you, you do it for the crowd, but you also, it's, you're doing it for yourself, 100%. right? Yeah, I want to win. So as long as you're competing, you, you're competing to win whether you're in a backyard or you're in a million person stadium, you know, either way you're, you're competing to win. If you're, so to, to me, it's kind of, that's if you're given goes. the choice right now to, to wait for fans or to finish out your senior year, whatever the case might be, where, where do you go? What do you do? See, I got to be careful with this one. Cause I, I've had this conversation yeah. a couple of times and I don't want to go back and forth and flip flop, but, um, I guess if, if it works, if it makes sense where you can, you know, push, push your, you know, competition years out a little bit, you know, if you're going very far out of your way to get another year, I don't know if I would, if I would, you know, agree with that. You know, if you have years, like you said, there are kids that have the red shirt left or Olympic red shirt left, of course, right? Those are your options. But if you're, if you're now like going very far out of your way to make this thing happen, maybe it's done, you know? And I think that's something that, that's a conversation that a lot of people have to have with themselves. But again, you know, if, if it's a viable option where, you know, hey, we could easily get you another year and avoid the situation, of course, do it. But if it's, you know, where you're digging around, trying to figure out how to make it work, well, maybe get your degree and Yeah, going and on that, you might not be able to answer this question, but are you guys at Stevens uh, maybe telling any freshmen like, hey, let's wait this thing out. Don't, don't register till second semester. Uh, maybe we wait a little bit and have you come in next year or something like that. Um, you know, obviously you want to do what's best for the program and what's best for the guys. And um, like I just said, right, we're going to leave it on these guys to, you know, it's, you get into college, you know, you're grown, you're mature and we want them to, to make the decision. Obviously no one knows what's going on right now. It's a pretty, you know, it's unprecedented. So we're, we're just taking it as it goes and we're, we're, we're moving with what we yeah. got. What right is now. your, what is your testing procedure? Have you done any of that up there at Stevens? Like, what is it, what is coach Fabio doing with like, is there a plan? Is there like protocol? Like I know at Rutgers, we, we have these spit tests and we could test a lot, right? There's a lot going on there. Is that, is the same thing happening up near you? So right now that no one's on campus right now. So they're, they're still going over what's going to, you know, the procedures of what's going to happen once, once we get into that arena. And as for right now, again, it's, you wait for the information and as the information comes, you relay it to the team and it, we're kind of all in the same boat. You know what I mean? We, we have to hear from this guy who has to hear from this guy who has to hear from this guy. And it's, it, it all comes down the ladder. So right now we're still just trying to, to wait it out and figure out what exactly uh, is I got some questions from some fans here, Scott. I opened it up to Instagram this morning, a little late, but uh, I still got some questions in for you. And some of them are very related to this topic. So I'll just fire them away. You can make them short. Some of them could be one, one word if you want. Uh, from, from the coach, Gordon Bombay, Ducks. Now that you're in D3 coaching, what's the difference between D, D1, D3, if any? Honestly, I think that goes off of, you know, what I was saying before in the sense of when you compete, you compete to win, right? So whether I'm competing in Division One, Two, or Three, whatever division, whether I'm competing in my backyard 
you know, in my living room, which happens a lot. And like I said, I'll run around and celebrate wherever I am, whether it's, whether it's in my living room or not, you know, I'm, you're there to compete. And what I found, you know, through coaching these last couple of years is that's all it is, right? It's kids competing. It's not so much a division. It's everyone puts it on the line. Everyone tries to win. And, and that's yeah. why, you know, you play to win the game, right? right? right. Good. I'm sure you know that you're right. you play to win the game. And that, and that holds true and it's no like, matter what. So across the division. It's like when you have siblings, I feel like that helps a lot. You mentioned that a little bit. It's like you're trying to always kind of like you got a little – you have little brothers and a big brother. I, I was the little brother, but it's like I'm trying to one-up my big brother when I was a kid all the time. And it's like you got that competitive nature going into it. And that's where you're lucky, right? Because yeah. you're, you're the younger brother. Yeah, so but you, you got to set the standard. The you got to set the standard. Unfortunately – <laughs> and I gotta keep doing it. I'm getting old, man. I'm trying to retire, man. My career's yeah. done. I, I, they won't let me stop, you know. So it, it's fun for sure with the siblings and everything, and and it's definitely uh, it keeps me in shape, right? Even even when I get a little away from it, they they force me to continue that. to keep doing uh, it. Question from Jersey Nels: How did it feel to become an All American? We have. I was assuming uh, we were getting it, into it that. Great, at some yeah. point. We're going to talk about that match, right? Yeah. At some point. Yeah, I had, I had other, quest, other questions I can't say, some of them about the Santo and stuff, but we'll just yeah. keep it at this about that match. How did it feel to become an All-American? <laughs> yeah, no, it, it felt great. I mean, obviously, you guys know, you guys were in the room with me and everything, and it was uh, something that I wanted to get done for a very long time. I came up short junior year, obviously, round 12. You know, that's one I wish I could get back. Obviously, everybody – Everybody has those matches, but tall American, it, it was great. <clears throat> but to be honest, it was kind of, um, I don't know. I, maybe I built it up a little bit in my, <clears throat> in my head, but hold on. Dude, that, that whole, you, you, that Friday night was incredible. Like that's probably the best wrestling you ever did. Right. Was that Friday night, like beating DeSanto. And then I think you came back and beat the Lehigh guy. Crushed him crushed like you just rolled on that Friday yeah. night and then obviously Friday morning right so that was a huge day for you man you just got hot I mean you just got hot and incredible how you did that it was incredible yeah it's kind of like you know you you zero in on it right it's like hey man this is it you either you know win or go home and obviously it was win or go home since day one I lost opening round never won a first round match at NCAAs so in territory I knew pretty well, but had to rattle them all off. And then DeSanto came up, and obviously that was a big buildup. Obviously he had done whatever he had done throughout the season. You know, he was a big name, everyone. Um, I think it was, what, 6 nothing or 6-1, 5-1, whatever it was. But that, that's when you really realize, like, hey, it's all or nothing here. I can't give up especially being on top. There was so many things going through my mind. It was like, do I cut this guy and try to take him down? You know, do I try to turn him? He's not doing much on bottom. And then you see Stallings flying around and it's like, oh, there's one, there's two, there's three, there's four. And it got to the point where I'm like, you know, I'm almost asking. Like, I'm like, you got to lose this match. You gotta, you gotta I'm sure you did whisper in his ear, yo, you're going to move it all down there, dog? <laughs> Yeah. So uh 
And then, I mean, we talk about a lot, too. Crazy, which just means it must have been in the stars, but. Unbelievable. Boom, match is over. You look up, and there's a minute and one second of riding time to give me the one point to tie the match and go into yeah. overtime. And at that point, I was like, yeah, I'm not going to lose. How am I going to lose? Like, I'm, for some reason, I'm supposed to win this match. You know what I mean? Like, all the things that just happened. I got to win this thing. And the next, next thing you know, I don't, I think I forced him into a shot or he just took a bad shot. Way. Best picture, Chased best picture there is in Rutgers Barry. wrestling history. <laughs> you yeah. standing over him. Barry. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that's got to get that in the room be, somewhere. That should be that a thing mural get, like in the background. That thing needs to get blown up. It's got to be hanging from yep. the right. Right. So I, I, people ask me about that tournament and obviously you've been to that tournament so yeah. many times, like the For emotions sure. and the roller coaster. So I think of that like your first period with him or maybe first two periods with him, I'm like, oh, man, round of 12 again. And then you make this incredible comeback, obviously, the takedown. You're an All-American. We're going crazy. Now we got to get ready for Johnny Van Brill, right? And Johnny Van Brill ends up – he's winning, not to bring this up, but he's winning 8-4 with whatever left. And he, like, gets taken down twice at the buzzer, loses in overtime. And just the emotion – it was like – I just think of that tournament and – and then Rich, it's just it was crazy how that all went down. Just crazy. Yeah. So the emotions of that tournament. Yeah, I mean the No, he he the whole we thing went crazy, crazy in the back and then I had to rush to get to him on deck. So I didn't even and I didn't get to watch it. So it was just right match. after and it was unbelievable how that all went down. But uh, okay. Good. Okay. Yeah, but it was because I, I only heard about the match. I didn't get to watch it. And um, and then it was crazy because the, obviously you're riding that high and it's like, wow, we're about to do something, you know, about that. I think we had me and yep. Johnny and Richie in position to become all Americans, which is huge points in the seven. tournament, right? Kind of changes everything. And um, yeah. it's sitting in semis. Yeah. So but we really could have done some serious damage in that tournament, you know, had some things gone the other way. And uh, it's crazy to think about when you look back on it, you know, what what happened. Obviously, you know, you don't want to harp on it or anything, but, like, you know, it's, and, it does. It's what happens in those yeah. situations. And, and I have a quick one here for Scotty. This is more more you coaching, but obviously related outcomes. to his career. Like, you were so, so low maintenance. Like, you were really low maintenance. Come in, you'll train with anybody. You'll put your hands on anybody. You didn't really give a crap how you were feeling, or at least you never told anybody about it. You just – came to work every day, put your head down, got the heck out of there. And that was just different for us, right? You were just very low maintenance, which we appreciate. Do you feel you get that with your athletes? Are you like, give me some signs of life? Give me some, you always had a plan. You knew your plan. You love to compete. We never, we never worried about your weight. We never worried about you wanting to compete. Like it was just really easy coaching you. But do you feel like like, is that, does that hurt or help you with coaching your guys, guys that are laid back or guys that really need your attention? Where are you at with that? Because I just thought that was – I just appreciated that, that you were just so low maintenance. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's two ways, right? I I didn't really realize it at the time when I was going through it. You know, I was more of a – I sit back and, and kind of observe, oh, yeah. watch, right? Because to me, it was – we had a lot of characters, right? We, we came through a lot of characters, you know? And obviously, you see, you know, the coaches put up well, – not put up, but, you know, go through those situations. 
And to me, it was always like, oh, wow, like, <laughs> that's pretty funny. You know, this, that, or the next thing. So I didn't, I didn't need any of that. You know what I mean? I was more of like, all right, while they're dealing with that, I got my own stuff to handle over here kind of thing. And as long as everything's under control, because I'm sure, you know, there were situations where I wasn't, you know, I didn't have things under control and I did need to turn to somebody and I did need those, that help. And I think that's the biggest thing is even if you're low maintenance, as long as you, you know, I make myself available to the guys and I'm like, Hey, need something. I'm here. You know, if you, if you, if you have it under control, good, you know, continue to have it under control. That's part of growing up. That's part of maturing, especially through college, you know, don't get wrapped up in it all. You are still going through life at the same time. So make yourself available. And when these kids, you know, feel comfortable, when there is a problem, they can come to you. But when they have it under control, they can also push themselves and make themselves better, you know? So I think that it, that plays into it a little bit, right? You know, if I ever did need something, I never felt like I couldn't reach out and, and ask for it. I just tried not to be <laughs> that guy because, I, like I said, you know, it was, you see a lot of it with a lot of the guys on the team. You know, it, we had a fun time through my five years there. It was a lot of characters so again i just tried to yeah if you could be the low maintenance guy put my head down go to work get it done and compete at a high level that's the best athlete to have i feel like you want you want a guy that's gonna just you know not not just fall in line and do everything you say but um just be like a, a soldier in a way like you know this is the job this is the goal i trust you to complete your little part of the your job that will add up to the whole picture and if everyone did that, it would make everyone's life a lot easier. But, you know, you always got that one guy who feels like he can't work out with a kid or, you know, it's just it's a it's a snowball effect. And I've been I've been I've been guilty of it plenty of times. So it's something I, I see you in practice and in competition, you know, like I I try to be a little bit more like you in that in that way. And uh, it's good to hear your mindset a little bit on it. But I definitely want to be a little bit more like that. You know, it's important to just be able to do it on your own and. I definitely do do it on my own, but there's a lot of people I rely on in the process and my routines. So it's like, you got to be able to be relying on yourself and kind of like you're saying, you know, you celebrate more than almost anyone, but it's for yourself. It's not for anyone else, but yourself and what you want in your own life. And uh, that goes a long way in my mind. And I'm, I'm definitely going to be writing that down reminding myself about that. Yeah, of course. And like you said, you know, there's always great people in your corner, right? I can't, I would never deny that. You know, I had a lot of help throughout those years and it, it, it's kind of that balance between, you know, where do I need it and where do, where, where can I do it myself kind of thing? And, and you know, I never want to be stubborn about it, but yeah. I also, you know, use the people. You were good there, though. You were good about challenging us. Like you, yourself, you, know, you would challenge me. You'd ask me why. And maybe it was just me and you in a hotel room or, or me and you somewhere alone. And you would challenge me for sure. And like, why, why is this going on? Why are you allowing this? Why are we doing this? And, but that was it. And then it, I would give you my reasons. We would talk. And I think that's the biggest, right. That's probably the biggest difference between college and you're getting this now as a college coach, right. With college and high school, like you could have those conversations. I never took it as you wanted to know why we were doing things. Just like when I recruited Anthony, he would ask me, why are you doing this? Why are we doing this? And you listen to that and as a coach, you get better. And I'm sure you're going through that, but you would definitely challenge me. You would challenge all of us and, make your point known, and then you'd get back to work. So it wasn't like you just always fell in line, right? You you did what we wanted done, but you also spoke your mind, which was great. I appreciate it. No, and that was it too, right? Because like I said, we did have a lot of characters. There were a lot of 
crazy things going on at a couple of different times. So it was always to me interesting to, to see like, why, why, you know what I mean? Cause there was a lot of things where you know, a lot of people, you know, and even, you know, you go back to the team and everyone's, you know, when, yeah. when people don't know the reason for something, you know, they create a reason like, Oh, this must be why, or that must be why, or that must be why. <laughs> and it's like, well, that all sounds crazy. Let me go ask Goodell. And then I find out <laughs> it's not that craziness. It's a different craziness. So it's always a reason for it, but it's always fun to, you know, figure it out and get to the bottom of it. Cause like I said, yeah. when people don't know, you know they, they make up whatever they think might possibly be it. And it's, I'd rather get it straight from. Have from you ever come across the pain in the ass like, guy? Oh, that's really, really good. Yeah. That you're I just struggling to coach him or he's struggling to, to, to fit in with five and, and all those guys, like, have you ever come across that yet? Uh, not, not really, right? Because you, you, we haven't had a guy who's just, like, completely stubborn and just won't listen. It's more so the guys who, you know, like you said, maybe they don't understand why we're having them do these things. Because obviously wrestling's a hard sport. And you put them through some grueling workouts, and it's a tough schedule. It's a grind. And sometimes in that grind, whether it's an excuse for not having to do something or whatever, you know, kids ask, why are we doing this? Or like, oh, this sucks, or this, that, and the other thing, you know? So it is kind of hard to remind these guys, like, hey, it's, it's for the better. You know, we put our time in. No one ever wants to hear that, right? You're not doing anything we didn't do. You know, I remember always hearing that from you guys and every coach I ever had, and it's like – freaking liar like you didn't do this like <laughs> but you know now i'm on the other side of it so now it's kind of like you know yeah hey man i we did things way worse than that you know like the whole uphill both ways kind of thing and uh it, it's it's little things like that you know you got to remind them like hey this is for the better you know you're gonna get better for it you're gonna be better for it just listen to us trust us and that's a good thing about what they have over there you know joe and anthony they they do really well with getting guys on board and trusting them and, and the direction and the goals, you know what I mean? And when you hear him talk, it's like, he fires me up, you know, I'm like, give me a singlet. I'll, I'll get out there too, you know? So it, it, it's really I, good. I know he's, he's really Coach good Fabio's at motivating these guys and, and like, getting them to To me, see it really seems like he brings that picture. mentality and that culture to your guys' program and like kind of like molds it in that, like in that hardness way where like, he, he lives that personality. He got, he has that fire in his belly the same way as like a brands, you know, like about the sport of wrestling and getting guys better and just having that passion. Uh, and I really respect that. You know, I, I watch him and I feel that energy in him when he's teaching, when he's coaching um, and you see it in your guys, they're always in really good shape. They always look really strong and um, they just wrestle really hard. So you definitely see the translation in it. No, yeah, and that, and like I said, yeah, that speaks a lot to, to his ability to get these guys on board, right? Because you, you look at that, and you know, to go back to the whole, you know, division question, where people consider it like, uh, division three, you know, or you know, this versus that kind of thing. It there's none of that, right? You get into that room, and it's you wouldn't even realize it because of, you know, the way he pushes these kids and the way these kids respond. You know, you they wrestle everything right it's 100 percent all the time and it's it's very it's very cool to see you know the way these guys respond in that way because 
like I said, you know, you fall for it, right? We wrestle Division One. You hear the stories like, oh, Division Three. Yeah, he went to Division Three. Like, ah, why didn't he go to Division One? Kind of thing, you know. <clears throat> but it's these guys work. What is some of the they grind? Biggest, like, and it, I, it's I, I don't know. You I wouldn't know the difference. You get really later wouldn't. in your college career, you start seeing some of the things like you're saying. Why is coaches doing this? I'm just gonna ask them. What are some of the things like? when you first started coaching, you were like, this is what I want to be as a coach, or this is one thing I really want to focus on, focusing on with the guys, or I really want to make sure I talk, mentor two guys. Um, was there like, was there one or two things you were like, this is something I really want to be as a coach? So it, what kind of helped me in, in that aspect was uh, when I came into, I think, there's a lot you need in a coaching staff, right? Not so much one coach because I think we had a little bit of records, right? <laughs> you know, Leo was kind of like the tough enforcer guy, like, oh, no, you know, you're getting a phone call from Leo, you're in trouble, you know, kind of thing. You know, your pilot was a good guy, who, you know, where he'd come around and be like, hey, you know, even though you lost, it was a good match, this is what we need to work on. You know, you, you had the different personalities that kind of like all meshed together and made it a good staff. And I think – at Stevens, that's what it is, right? Because, you know, Joe's really hard and he pushes these guys. You know, Bond's really good at, you know, getting these guys going as well. And I feel like I fit in in that, in that way of, you know, keep it. it's a sport and it's tough, but have fun. You know what I mean? You're going to wrestle your best when you're having fun. And I try to keep things light, try to keep these guys, you know, not take it not seriously, but, but relax. You know what I mean? Relax. It just go out there. You we know what you're capable of. Just go out there and perform the way you know you can. And it, I feel like we each have a, a piece that plays into creating this team. And I think it, that's why it was very easy for me to get into it because they all did a great job. They, they don't do a good job. They all had a great mission as far as like the goal of what the team is. And I feel like I fit into a very you know, easy part for me to fit into where I can wrestle hard with these guys and I can try to keep things light and, do great and as, keep them that. so that's not like your you know, beating you know, themselves before as an they athlete, get out there. You were like, cool. In my mind, I don't know in the inside if you felt this way, but you seemed cool, calm and collected. But when it was time to go, maybe you gave up the first takedown a couple of times, but it was going to be a competitive match no matter who it was, no matter if you were better than the guy or you were going to bring the same, that same energy, that same pace and be looking to take the guy's head off. Even, even no, in, in a calm way. Like, you're not, like, over the top. You're not, like, being out of control or anything. I promise uh, you. It's in a very relaxed, calm way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I promise you, I still, to this day, give up the first takedown. It's not – I remember – I remember Leo uh, one time. Uh, I, he seemed very like, aggravated. You just for some doing reason, he thought that I did it on purpose. He was like, "I don't know what it is. I don't know why you do that." And I'm like, "Well, like you could, I, you could rest like, assured, exactly our said. staff like, just stop, always stop felt first you had a chance like, to win, no matter who we were I don't know what it is, man. We're like Delkin. We, you know, you go over the lineups, right? Who's going to win here? Who's getting points here? And we were like, "Listen, Dell. No matter who we were wrestling, we we're like Dell can win this match. Dell's going to be in this match." Most of the time you were, and a lot of times you were winning them. So we weren't far. And that's wrestling in the Big Ten. That was every single night. You had somebody good every single night. Yeah. So yeah. That's, that's good for you. Here's a cool question. Uh, base, you, you talk about having fun with your guys. Dell, you have a variety of celebrations, the techniques. If you had to pick one, 
which do you think is the fan favorite for your celebration? <laughs> you did this crapple. You did this a lot. You ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. The one match he was wrestling to Julius. I was at the Julius. Wait, I feel like you did like ten celebrations um, all in one match. He was. Like, I don't know. Yeah. He was. Like, I was at the barn, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that was at the barn. That was, and and that, and and to go over that, right? It, just, yeah. Again, from the mind right. of like competing, right. they, they didn't bring Steber. They, they, they sat, they sat Snyder, right? Right. Yeah. No, they no, Snyder wrestled. Snyder wrestled. And to me, like, yeah, Tom, Tomasello, maybe. No, Tomasello wrestled. But there, well, there was Steber, a guy that would have been a Steber, right? Who didn't even like weigh in. Big swing. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. But again, that right. that's all it takes, right? That that one thing to say, like, what is this? You know, they didn't take us seriously. You know what I mean? And you wrestle for a team, and it's like, what do you think this is a joke? Like, you think you think we're a joke? You know. So when you beat that person and you, and you beat that team and you, you create yeah. that rally, it's like, you know, you want to do a lot of things. It's like, ha ha, you messed up. Now you can pay for it. <laughs> you know. So. I think we, we were in what, the match. I think we rallied. It was a six-four split. We were in that match. No, it was a five-five split. Roddy won a big match. It was a five-five because Billy Smith won at the back end. Yeah. So we were up. We were up it, four matches to one at halftime. Parati beat Demas. We were winning, and the place and, was falling down. The shit was falling from the ceiling <laughs> in college. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's my and that's my point, right? Because you, it was big to me. Because yeah, I felt like they were being very disrespectful in that sense. So it's like you win that match, and it's like, you know, you turn around, you see the face <laughs> on the coaching staff, and they're like, ah, oh. you know, they want to cover their face. They don't want to show the expression, like, ah, oh, shit, this might be a problem, you know? So it's exciting, you know, you get fired up because of that. And because of that, I think he went through the gauntlet of celebrations. I think I was firing the finger guns, you know, giving the crowd a little bit of this. You know, in the college they got the gym that night. They got it all. <laughs> Afternoon. I think it was Super Bowl one. Sunday. Maybe. They deserved it for that one. Yeah. Yeah, because they didn't want us to wrestle at the rack. Yeah, and that might have been one of the greatest. Because women's basketball was at I the think rack. So. And then we had like 2,200 people in college. Yeah. And they still had Snyder and Bo Jordan left. So we kind of knew. That was like a match of, there were a bunch of tech falls, yeah. right? I think Tomasello tech, Snyder might have tech, Bo Jordan tech. But we had Aunt U tech. And. And then Scotty won, beat the Julius, and Parati beat Demas. We were in the thick of it, man. It was good. Was that? Was that? What was your best match? What was your best atmosphere you've been a part of? Your best yeah. match that we've been a part of that you enjoyed the most? Ah, uh, that's a tough one. I mean, you always look back to the first Big Ten match, right, with Iowa. That that was a great one. Um, there was a lot of good ones, right? There were a lot of good ones. Overall, I, it's tough to say. I mean, that's what I mean. Yeah, there was, there was a lot. I, then obviously, the fans in New Jersey are so good to us because you, you wrestle in front of these crowds and everything. It's That's what makes it so tough to pick, right? Because even a match where they'd be like, you know, it wasn't a great matchup. It's like it was still a great match because the crowd gets into it every time. It's always packed. It, it's always – and, you know, maybe it does go back to what you guys were saying, right, because, you know, you want to wrestle in front of that crowd. That is a great crowd to wrestle in front of, and it does play a factor for the most part, right? So 
overall, I, I loved every match we wrestled at the rack. And obviously, that one at the barn. That might have been my favorite match was at the barn because, I, you know, those guys I just love that we you. get to be a piece the of crowd that, was that last piece of training at the barn. You know, that last time. It, uh, it was a good time. Those last times, even time. training. And we, we didn't get to use that new facility as our training room. But I'm proud to say that I trained at college at gym. And that was my wrestling room, man. I, I hold that on my heart. And uh, it definitely molded me, you know, going in there late night at times sneaking in there you know, hiding in the locker room while they're searching the building, closing it down. You know, those are times that like just I will remember forever in college and I'll be telling my kids those stories. And, you know, like the walls had mold in them. We didn't care. We were wrestling. <laughs> like. And, you know, that's that's funny because I think it was at Big Tens. That's when Pollard took me around to, to see the new facility. And the first thing, obviously, you know, you kind of starstruck about it. it wow, this is beautiful. Yeah. This would be here, and it's, it is here. Yeah. And the first thing I said, you guys are going to get soft. <laughs> you guys are going to get soft. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're not in the basement anymore. You're not, you know, down there just <laughs> button heads. Scared way too programs. comfortable. Way too comfortable. Listen, you guys halfway through the year, right? There, we were talking. Put them on the we street, should go work out over a college out. Some dirt, <laughs> do something. I'm not kidding you. And they were like, no way. We can't go over there. Because then they were probably right. But you're right. We worry about that a little bit. We worry about that a little bit. He's like trying Have to you seen your new pictures that are up in the, in the room? You see your mural? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I saw, yeah, I saw a picture of him. I got to check him out, but that that's awesome, man. And that's that too, right? You don't really realize those things until yep. you see it on the wall. It's like you know yep. where we yeah. were. And yeah, we those got, were our best years. To, as far as I got you know, a couple more questions success. from some fans and here before awesome we let you go. See. A couple fun ones here. One from Jake Giordano. What's your favorite moment wrestling for, sure. for South Plainfield? Um, I'm going to give this one to you, right? I obviously, you know, Ray Jazkoff has a podcast, the breakfast buffet, and he actually got this, this one from me as well. I was there I'll that give night. It to you too, but we wrestled Bergen Catholic our senior year at yeah. home. Yeah. And awesome. Romanian dude, right? And when Troy Holloman pinned that kid, I forget his name <laughs> and the crowd went, yeah, the crowd <laughs> went crazy and started chanting USA. And it was so loud. It was I vibrant. It wasn't it was my like match, whole but that was, was probably like, my favorite moment. We don't have chance. Like, we have South a loud crowd, but I don't remember. History. Like, they like, weren't ever like, here we go, Scotty. Like, there was no chanting. And it was like the uh, whole crowd chanting USA. Yeah. Yeah, so when, when that <laughs> happened, I think that was definitely – I was starstruck. I was watching that happen. Well, I felt like Troy. There was, was such like a build up. They were like, this is going like, to be a match. Just watching it all happen. Last year was, was a match. This definitely the coming best. in. New that kid is going to compete with any of the hammers. They don't, they're like, he don't, we don't know what he's going 26 to 45. It's like, we're trying to game plan for this kid. We don't know any, anything about him. And then Troy goes out, pins him in a bar half like he pins everybody. And it was just a just, just take down bar half. Nothing crazy. It was great. Uh, I was going to say it was just another day at, at the office for Tyleman. Nice. Uh, um, it, was, it was great. From and then the crowd going crazy. Sam definitely Herring, probably one of my favorite, favorite international moments. wrestler to watch and why. for wrestling. International wrestler yeah, to watch Frank and why. He's a pretty exciting guy. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't really watch too much uh, 
Yeah. 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 He's that. Yeah. He's he's exciting. Some he's of exciting. these other questions so, you've already I mean, as far as that goes, I'd, I'd say him. Right. He's probably the superstar. Kind of going back to your high school days, but you know, you made a huge jump. This is more mental talk, more mental mindset talk a little bit, but uh, I just wanted to know, give the fans a little insight. You know, you go from your freshman, sophomore seasons in high school, you make it to the state tournament, but don't place at all. And then your junior, senior season, you make a jump to go an undefeated state champ both seasons. What were some, what were some of the takeaways in your, in between those times of sophomore, junior year, where you were able to make that jump? And I mean, that kind of propelled your whole wrestling career. You were never the same wrestler. Since that, since then, since you became a state champ, you kind of took off and never looked back. Yeah, I mean, I, there, there's a lot of people, right? And we go back to that. You know, I had a lot of people in my corner. I remember specifically, and probably I'll never forget it, but I lost a match at home my sophomore year. I forget who it was to. And our head coach at the time just grabbed me and said, you know, you have everything except, you know, the confidence, you know, if you, if you just had, if you knew that you could beat these guys, you, you would beat them. You just have to understand that. And ever since then, you know, that really resonated with me as far as that goes. Right. And that kind of like lit a fire in me a little bit. And then it goes hand in hand with, you know, you guys, my partners, right. You guys were going out, getting all this training and wrestling the best competition in the country. And even though maybe I wasn't, you know, on the club scene as much, you guys brought it to me, right? So I, I kind of cheated, right? I kind of cheated in that sense where I didn't have to go out and get it. It came to me because, you know, you, obviously very talented, Heilman, very talented, Hunt, very talented, Stasenko, very talented, Peyton, very talented. I was very lucky to have hey, don't people get, who, dude, who were going talk, out and getting these you're things. Like and then they bring them no, to you me. Were <laughs> and then I'd be able to just grade eight tournaments learn. Where, like, you were going all eight, all eight. Maybe there was two extra. You were going all 10, you know? You were you were wrestling and you were competing and I'm wearing an Iron Horse shirt today. You were wrestling for Iron Horse on dual tournament teams all over the, the state, the country. You know, um, maybe in the wrestling room we were bringing it to you, but you were you were finding the competition and I feel like oh, looking yeah. back at it, you competed so much. That's what I think. Like you started believing in it and you started competing more and more and then you were like, screw this, I'm gonna start winning these matches. Yeah, no, I believe me, man. I I competed, you know, a lot, a lot. But the, my whole thing was, I I love to compete. I love to compete, right? I probably wouldn't be able to go to a wrestling club for you know for two hours, four days a week, and and you know maybe I would have lost myself if I had done it that that way. And that's why those grade eight tournaments were so good to me because, yeah. you know, on the way down to the beach, I could stop in, yeah. wrestle five matches real quick, and. You know, it was fun. You know, you're in a hot gym and, you know, it's, it was fun to me. And that's, that's what kept me going was because it, it wasn't this like, you know, staring <laughs> for, you know, the same four walls for two hours yeah. and go over, you know, like coach said, like a Turk, you know, I'm going over a Turk for four hours, you know, I would have gone crazy. So, it, you know, there's, there's different ways to look at it, right? I, I did look for the competition in that sense. It was a lot to me. It meant a lot to me to go out there and actually compete. And I think that's where, you know, Underlying. Yeah, I want to go back. Helped, I can't right? believe I was the coach that said, you don't have any confidence. We got to work on his confidence. I can't imagine anybody fire. saying that to you. There's no way. <laughs> <laughs> or I can't believe there was a time where you lacked confidence. It, it, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it, 
obviously, and like I said, I, I took it and ran with it, right? He, he said that and I took it and ran with it, but uh, that's kind of what it was, right? You come in pretty young and South Plainfield, obviously you have a culture of, you know, the high school wrestling superstars, right? They're, you watch them and it's like crazy to you. So when you get there and you're in it, it's like, wow, like, am I, you know, am I made for this? Like, am I supposed to be here? You know, I watched it growing up and stuff. Like, I don't know if I should be here. It took me a second to adjust to the whole, like, you know, you guys are the guys, especially because of the class I came in with. You know, they relied on us heavily freshman year, sophomore year, obviously throughout the whole thing. So it, it did take me a little while to, you know, I'd beat the people I was supposed to beat. I'd compete with the guys who, you know, maybe I should, shouldn't beat 50-50. It, it took me that conversation to really get over the hump and be the, well, the, dude, the I'm, top I'm, guy. I sit know, here uh, today, it, man. It was a, super, it was super a, proud of you. A, a good, good I, like, I'm beaming sure. with pride just listening to you talk. Like your coach speak right now is incredible. But I always knew I always knew you could go this route and be great at it. So I'm excited for you, man. I'm super pumped you came on. It's been a while since we spoke, so it's good to see you, of course. I didn't really get a chance to spend time with you at the Big Tens. But uh, you're killing it, man. You're the best, one of the best guys to ever come through our program. You've set the foundation for everything happening at Rutgers right now. Uh, so that's awesome. And forever you'll be on that wall, and that's that's a big deal. And We'll go down in Rutgers wrestling lore as one of the best matches ever, the national tournament. But uh, I'm proud of you, man. You're doing some great things, and I'm not shocked. I'm not yeah. shocked because you're a winner, but it's awesome having you on, and uh, just good to see you. Good to see you, and look forward to getting getting with you at the end of summer here. Before we let you go here, Dell, we'll exit this off. I got I wrote out a couple, like, would you rather questions for you. It should be fun. should be fun here. Trying to switch it up from goodies. He's been asking the same question for 15 weeks. So, <laughs> great question. I still want to know who you're bringing to the island. We'll figure that out. <laughs> All right. So, what would you rather hear? Or it's more like what just your favorite out of the two? Would you rather be a wrestler or a coach? <laughs> a wrestler. Would you rather coach youth or college? What's a better. What's your favorite tournament in high school? Pop and flow, duels, or NHSCA Memorial Day duels? Being a state champ or being an All-American? Pop and flow, but only the year that we won it. Got Because you're supposed to. Because you're supposed to. (laughs) Wow, that's a good question. No, man. That's a really good question. If you could go back to the start of your high school career. Or the start of your college career, which one you pick? <laughs> yeah, but I don't think a lot of people know I, that I situation. You know, you're thrown career. in a situation that, that where you have to, not happy, really but you want to get out of the NC State situation last second. You know, it, Coach Goodell kind of gives you the ultimatum. Like, yeah, you could come to Rutgers, but you got to give me the effort to make 125. You know, I feel like you – you have so much pride in, in like living up to your word and, and uh, just being a good person, like that you were going to do everything you could, even if it wasn't the right move, you were still going to try your hardest to make that weight. Yeah. And I, in that sense, I think it kind of goes back to, you know, hindsight 2020, right. If I knew then what I know now kind of thing, I think I could have made the weight. I think I was a little immature about it. I think I, I didn't really put the I, I put my best effort in. It just wasn't in the right direction kind of thing. And I think if I did that a little bit better, I would have been a four time 
NCAA qualifier. I, I got last last one for you. What I could have done. This is a good one at, for at our weight, fans here. We yeah. got in the room. You've it, it goes with both, both ways. guys, it, I'm it sure. Is. Before you know, we got Sebastian coming in. You got an hour on the clock. Who comes out alive, Soriano or Sebastian? <laughs> who comes out on top? I don't know who who's winning that battle. Ah, are they are they gonna end up being like who comes out alive? Hands after or are they gonna walk out and need a day to kind of settle down? Well, on top or alive? <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah, I think uh, I. <laughs> You, you put me in a corner here. That's a setup. What, walking out yeah. with a win. I think they're both very similar, I, man. It's going to be fun to watch I'm, them battle hour, and practice together. Sebastian. I think walking that they're so alive, competitive that it might cereal. be opposite of what everyone thinks, and it might be like, like down a little bit. Like, all right, let's check our egos at the door and kind of work together. I hope it's like that. But, you know, two world-class, high-level guys you don't know. I, I've, I've taken the turn for the worst in a practice before and, and went the wrong way. So I could only imagine. So it'll be fun. And I can't wait to scrap with those guys. And we need, we need you to come back and scrap with them too, you know. We need to get, uh, get more guys. You know, they got RBY this week. I don't know if you saw Sebastian's Instagram. You know, he was working out with Ch- Shane Van Ness, RBY, Mueller. Some cool stuff. If you got some Stevens guys that are trying to scrap, I know you got a lot of good guys those sizes, you know, link them up together. We'll, uh, we'll make sure that they could get some good workouts, especially if they're down by the Jersey Shore, you know, that's, where a lot of them are working out. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I saw that, and I think that's great, right? You guys have, obviously, a lot of resources being around there and stuff, so that's awesome. Yeah. I think you can get a lot better. And then, uh, I'm definitely down to stop more that. I didn't, As soon as we I change that hat, I'm in there. Up. Change the hat. <laughs> Change the hat. <laughs> Yo, send me a link. Send me a link. Send me a link to get some Harry Stevens gear. I'll support you guys him. as well, man. No, I just wanted to. <laughs> I just wanted to support them. I really only saw like he didn't send me gear out of nowhere. Like I saw his link. I just wanted to support the new program, and I For bought sure. a hat and I bought a shirt. And I, I got, I got some, t- I got some long hair right now, so I gotta just keep, keep the man, the man tamed. But uh. No, it's, I want it's some all Stevens love, right? gear like, too, bro. Like of course, you're one of my best friends. I gotta support you. It's it's messed up. You're right. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's all love. It's all love. You know, like. <laughs> we'll make sure we get you some for sure. Hey, you, and, you, uh, guys, you guys are the big dogs, love, bro. Right? They gotta come Nothing find you. Them, but Harry, I'm looking for you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> hey, we're store, baby. Right? You guys are neighbors. Exactly. They know where to find us too. They know. Yeah, man. You, you come knocking whenever you're ready. All right, thanks, man. buddy. Great job. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Exactly. But uh, thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate the time, and you guys good, are doing man. some great stuff. Yeah. I knew it would be. That dude's a stud, man. I think right, we got stud. a little overlap when we got a guest on. I got to do a better job giving have... the guys a little more time to answer. Getting a couple texts that got some overlap. What do you mean? Like. uh I'm talk. I start talking and Scott's not finished answering his question or things like that. Um, like on our, that was good, man. There's a lot people want to know for people want to, there's so many questions here that we can't get to. Yeah. He's really got this he, man, this, his coach and he's, he's into it. I'm, I'm so happy about that. 
because I knew he'd have a wealth of knowledge and yeah. kind of different way of going about it. I never knew he'd get into it like he is. Harry commented for Scott, Harry Turner, 10th Ave, 10th Ave in Belmar, so, Scotty, I ain't hard to find. <laughs> uh, uh, gee. Do those two wrestle? Do they wrestle? I mean, NJCU's in Jersey City and Stevens is Stevens, you think they have to wrestle they're in right? Hoboken. I mean, with the current yeah. climate of this COVID, if, if, yeah. if they're gonna have a season, they'll be they'll be dueling. We should wrestle that at Rutgers before one of our matches. That'd be that'd funny. be cool. That'd be really cool. Yeah, that'd be cool. No, no doubt. But he was a hammer, man. So many big wins. You guys were so a part of so many big wins. I mean, yeah. I would love to just sit down one day and go over all those huge wins we've had at the rack and even on the road. Yeah, you know? I was like always so grateful to have a one-two punch with him. You know, yeah. a, cu a couple times in my career, it's been like it hasn't been that one-two puncher. There hasn't been a guy that gets the fire going. And then when sort like Scotty was one thirty-three, it was awesome having him right before me. Win or lose, I knew that it was going to be. A battle he was going to give his all and like i had kind of momentum and excitement to go out even though like i'm not investing my emotions into it it's it's a momentum for the team momentum for the rack um and then when soriano came and it was soriano scotty me it was like game over mm -hmm. I, I i never thought i would lose a duel i'm a big team guy i try I'm, i have pride in winning for the team and i only lost one home match and i never lost at the rack it was on the football field in a really big moment and uh I haven't, I never lost a home duel other than that. Never lost at the rack or a college job gym. So I, I have pride in that. And it was awesome to have Scotty to light that fire. And then Soriano yeah. to light that fire even more. And Sean, Sean, Sean what, Mack did a great job too when he was 25. Yeah. I think what, what not a lot of people understand when I talk about he's low maintenance, like, and you know, this, like it's hard to come in there and wrestle Nick every single day. Like that, that's a hard thing to do, right? He, he has such a regiment and he, just wants to go and he wants to bang. He wants to go hard. It's not a lot of fluid drilling, right? Because he can be, but Scott, we would put him with him all the time. And I think Nick, Nick Suriano, obviously you helped out Scotty as well because you would train with him and you like training with him. But that was a big deal when Nick came in. That really, I think, sent Scotty to a new level and got him better because that's who he was training with every day. So it was a really, really good situation, but it's a hard thing to do. And he sandwiched between the two of you. And I just think it made him so much better. Yeah, he's such a beast, like just as a person. And, you know, he's solid. You know, you hear him talk and um, and he's so much more than just that coach role. You know, he's a really got a really great personality. And, um, you know, I, I'm excited to see see where he goes within the coaching world or whatever he wants to do. You know, he was sitting at that desk. I don't know if you saw in the background. It was like some blueprints like he's at his regular job, man. He's a project. Manager. I know he's a project manager. So he's just I saw that he's just doing really well for himself right now and hustling and using his youth right now to like just build himself, build his brand. I think he's doing a really good job at that. And he's going to have yeah. a lot of options in his future, whether, whether he wants to coach, whether he wants to do something else. He, he really set, set a good, uh, good foundation for himself. I'm excited to see what he does. Yeah, man. Well, he's, he's turned out all right. That's for darn sure. It's really cool how close all you guys are, your South Plainfield guys, but then, but then our Rutgers guys, you know, it's uh it's just really, really cool to see that. And then, I think about that team, you know, all those teams that you guys have had. We've had a lot of guys on. We've had all our All-Americans, right? Theobald's been on. Del Vecchio's been on. Parati's been on. He's Soriano. Billy Smith, was, he's been on. He was just short. But all those guys have been on that part of that team. Yeah. Yeah, we need Soriano. Yeah, we got to get him. I've tried, and we've reached out to him. He's, when, when he decides what he's doing, I think maybe he'll come on. So uh, that'll be good.
We'll get them. We'll get them. We'll get them for sure. Yeah, I feel bad wearing. What else? Wearing, How do you want to close? I, I can't huh? believe I wore the hat. I'm, I kind of feel bad. I wore the hat now that he said that. <laughs> nah, I you're just, supporting Harry, man. I haven't been sleeping great, and I I woke up at like three thirty. I stayed up for like an hour and a half, and then I fell back asleep till like eight fifteen. So I was like, couldn't I didn't I didn't have time to get in the shower, get the hair right. I just need to throw on a hat. <laughs> this is a, this and is that's the, the one you picked. This is the one today. Listen, no, you you brought up Fabia. He's a he's a darn good coach, and he spent a couple years in our room training with our guys and you're right he's got that he's got a great mentality for the sport and he's done a great job up there i know he's getting a uh, nick bogiano kid from camden catholic harrison hanosa uh, is going there so they got some really good kids going there man there's some tough cats in that room so he's right forget division one division three yeah. put your foot on the line wrestle and those guys compete so that's pretty cool we got doc haley backstage let's bring him through real quick then we'll close it out all right I haven't seen Doc in a while. Doc Haley, team chiropractor, Rutgers Athletics chiropractor. Hey, guys. What's how you going doing? on, Doc Haley? Listening to you guys <laughs> in between patients here, I just wanted to give you a little story about Don Vecchio and the, uh, and the big match with the Santo. So we're out in Cleveland with my friends. And you know me, I want to see all the matches. But we're in different hotels with my friends. I go to pick them up for the consolations. These guys are sleeping. So I'm like, guys, you got to get and watch the consolation match. We got some Rutgers guys wrestling. By the time they got ready, I had to watch that match in a hotel room on ESPN. Oh. I couldn't see it live. And I'm like, so one guy's in the shower. He's yelling, what's going on? What's going on? So I'm yelling the scores and stuff. I'm like, well, get the hell out of here and watch the match. And I was so mad that I, I didn't talk to him for the rest of the tournament until the finals. I was so ticked <laughs> off because I should have been. We, I, we had the great seats. We were there. Yeah. You're like, I, I should have been the guy you. hugging him. Thank God yeah. ESPN uh, does a great job covering it. And, yeah. Uh, you know, How do so you I miss a Friday night at the national tournament? That's the best round, the blood round in the semis. I know. I know. You guys people had don't a... realize it. If they're not wrestling fans, because, you know, you meet a lot of people that are not wrestling fans. I go, guys and girls, if you want to see a sporting event, NCAA wrestling, you got to at least go to one tournament. It's There's nothing yeah. like it. And I've been to every, right. I've been to Super Bowls, I've been to World Series, I've been to hockey, basketball, Olympics. I was yeah. down. Nothing beats that NCAA wrestling tournament. And it's oh, great when right. it's close because you can get all the local people there. But how you guys yep. doing? I just wanted to touch base so you see how you're all doing. We're doing good, man. We're hanging in there, just trying to bring the people some positivity. Friday AMs at 9 a.m. with our hey, morning man, cup I gotta of coffee. Get one, I got to get one. For hey. New, New Jersey City University. That's up in my neck of the woods. I'm gonna yeah. if you get if you get an NJCU hat though, there's a new rule that you have to get a Stevens hat as well. Like you got to get one on one. I want to see them wrestle. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. want to see them bring some juice back. And you guys might remember. I know Scott, you probably remember when Montclair and, and oh Montclair yeah, wrestled for and Trent yep. State in the old days. Yep. That was a big rivalry in New Jersey. Big in rivalry. Fact, oh yeah. In fact, in the old days, they were the best teams in Jersey at one point. Yep. Them and then you know Rutgers into it. So we got to get the Division Three back up, and these two coaches yeah. and these two teams are going to do really well. Oh yeah, now let's just get. That's what we're trying to do. Season. That's what they're trying to do for sure. Well, thanks yeah, for joining let's get us, the Doc. We'll be all right. Thanks for joining us, Doc. Yeah. Really good hearing from you, man. I uh, hope all is well. Go yeah, well. appreciate you coming on, Doc. Hope you're well, man. I am doing fantastic. I hope you guys are doing good, and I'll see you as soon as this is over. Sounds great. Yep, you got it, buddy. Thanks. Enjoy the weekend. Yep, we will. All right, cool. That's good to see him, man. He does a good job for us. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's good that he joined on. You know, more fans, um, please call on and 
share your little stories here and there whenever you have the moment, uh, a moment where we don't have a guest on. Uh, we welcome those and we welcome the questions in our comments in the future weeks to come. But uh, I think that's all for today. Coach, you got anything else? No, I'm good, man. Let's close out. Be safe. We'll get back next Friday. And uh, it'll be good because we'll be able to talk about our first round of testing, see how that whole protocol went. And hopefully we're back in a room August 31st training as a team. So that's the yeah. plan right now. And hopefully you're getting healthy and be able to join us here pretty quickly. Yeah. Shout out to the Stephen Ducks, letting Scott come talk about their program a little bit. Um, follow, follow Stevens. I, they're all over uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You know, they share a lot of their information on their athletes. Their handle is usually, I think, Stevens Ducks uh, Wrestling, something on that. If those three words, Stevens Ducks Wrestling, you'll find it. Um, and Scott's usually under Scott Lavecchio on his social media. If you want to follow him, man, they're they're always sharing good stuff about their program as as well as me and Coach Goodell sharing stuff about Rutgers. Um, but yeah. I got nothing else for the get for the people. All right, my man. Enjoy the weekend, right? I'll talk to you. Sounds good, man. Have a good one.